You're listening to Thunder Quack Podcast Network. From across the stars, Commanders Michael Cohen, Matthew Krenke, and the Ragtag Crew are here to bring you stories of adventure and excitement from a galaxy far, far away. Get ready for tales of merciless bounty hunters, courageous heroes, and sinister villains from the core worlds to the outer rim and beyond. Hello there and welcome back to Faster More Intense for The Mandalorian Chapter 7. I am one of your hosts, Michael Cohen, and with me, uh, the rest of my Rebel Cells crew for the first time on Faster More Intense. We've got Matt, the Crankster, Cranky, and Cassie Scotch. How's it going, guys? Hey, it's going good, man. I'm uh, excited to be talking some Mandalorian once again. What's up, Cassie? You there, Cassie? Yeah, something just went weird with my internet. I've oh. been yelling at my brother for like all day to fix it. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no worries. It's all good. It's all good. We'll we'll power through it. Uh, okay. It's been a bit of a crazy week, I think, oh, for yeah. everybody. Um, obviously, oh. obviously, Chapter 7, the penultimate episode of The Mandalorian, dropped uh, back on Wednesday, which is quite a while ago compared to normal when we were recording this. So, um, mm-hmm. I, and then, you know, uh, the next day this thing happened, this movie came out that maybe some people have heard of called the rise of Skywalker. And, uh, and as much as chapter seven of the Mandalorian left us on a cliffhanger, I don't think anybody cares, uh, because, <laughs> revelation after revelation in rise of skywalker now here's the deal okay here's the deal this is an episode about chapter seven of the mandalorian that's what we're going to talk about the only other thing to discuss is rise of skywalker in terms of um you know i i uh, box office which it's the number one movie in the world nobody's surprised it's not trending as high as some of the previous Star Wars releases, but it's definitely doing better than Solo, so I think that everybody can <laughs> breathe a sigh of relief there. Solo, which obviously did not do great in the theaters, um, it, despite it being my favorite of the Star Wars movies. Uh, in ju- Just full stop, favorite Star Wars movie. Um, but uh, yeah, it hasn't done, di- didn't do great in theaters. Um, <clears throat> but, uh, but Rise does not seem to be uh, hurting too much. It's doing pretty well. Um, we're not going to talk about Rise of Skywalker at all on this podcast, even though there may or may not be some links between Chapter 7 of the Man- Mandalorian mm. and Rise of Skywalker. Yes. If you want to mm-hmm. hear that, um, tune in to the next episode of Faster, More Intense, which will be our full Rise of Skywalker spoiler cast, where, uh, where we will break down the whole movie and review the whole thing. Um, and actually, we'll probably talk a lot about the connection back into uh, The Mandalorian. So, um, that all said, I, I just really quick, 
<clears throat> just a just a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Uh, Cassie, what did you think of the Rise of Skywalker? Uh, thorough thumbs up. Yeah. Okay, Matt. How about you? Oh, thumbs up. Yes. For uh, sure. And surprising no one, thumbs down from me. Uh, it's just awful. It's a terrible movie. Don't go see it. Don't support Disney. Uh, Kathleen Kennedy should resign and then be fired. Uh, no, I. it's a great movie. Um, yeah, I, I liked it a lot more on my second viewing than on my first one, but um, just because. Same here. You need to adjust a little bit. I think I think there's, yeah. a, there's an adjustment period on this one. Um but uh, but yeah, uh, great movie. And like I said, we'll have a spo- full spoiler cast coming right after this episode. Um, we're literally going to record it right after we're done recording this episode. So um, yeah, you'll have that. It's probably already in your feed. Um, <laughs> without further ado, let's jump into it. Let's talk about The Mandalorian Chapter 7, the second to last episode, or as I like to say, penultimate episode of season one of the Mandalorian and things, uh, things are coming to a head. Things are heating up. It's, it's yeah. getting, it's getting spicy, uh, it's in, getting uh spicy. In, in the Mandalorian. Um, <laughs> like what do you, I, so Cassie, you haven't been on the podcast yet. Um, no, I, have, I think I was supposed to, and something scheduling went wrong. Yeah. So, uh, so in there, how do you feel about the Mandalorian in general? Just get like sort of a broad view of, of season one thus far. I really, I really like it. I love the vibe. I, before this episode, not, I could get into it later, have not really liked Baby Yoda, which is mm. a thing to say that you shouldn't say because everybody loves him. Um, but I really like it and I love what they're doing with it. But uh, yeah, I, I have a few things that I'd nitpick about. But other than that, think it's pretty it's doing what it needs to do and it's Mm -hmm. getting like a lot of attention and i've been seeing articles coming out talking about you know who's this dude dave filoni you know for the popular media and i'm like oh oh we know about him yeah (laughs) i mean like uh, (laughs) so i've been going seeing him get recognition from this show has probably been my absolute favorite part of it yeah totally Um, so i i've been going through rebels um since disney plus launched right and mm -hmm. uh and yeah, I mean, like everybody's given Dave Filoni the recognition for Mandalorian right now, but um, the Mandalorian's not even his best thing. It's not no, even it's his not. best work. Um, and Clone Wars is coming up, but again, not even his best work. Star Wars Rebels going through a rewatch right now, um, and, uh, and and sort of in the midst of all of this other Star Wars and all this hype, um, it it cements for me that star Wars rebels is. And I think I said this towards the end of, of the series, as we were starting to wrap it up, I was saying like, this is the best star Wars has ever been. Um, and, uh, like I just reaffirm that like star Wars rebels is the best star Wars. There is, um, movies, comic books, TV series, video games, novels. I don't care what it is. Star Wars rebels Mm -hmm. is the best. Um, And that's probably not a super popular opinion. I'm probably fairly alone on that, but I just think that they nail what Star Wars is about from top to bottom, left to right, every time. The Mandalorian, I think, is laying the groundwork to potentially outdo Star Wars Rebels, but it to me, The Mandalorian is always going to be at a bit of a of a disadvantage because it is so focused on one aspect of the galaxy. Um, and obviously we have baby Yoda bringing in 
the 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 Jedi and the Force and and light and dark and all that, but it's obviously not the 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 revolution of the galaxy isn't isn't dependent on the Mandalorian. This is one mm-hmm. story off in the galaxy, a great story, a very well told story, I think, um, that gives us so much world building for Star Wars, but unlike the saga films. Uh, the Clone Wars or Star Wars Rebels, we don't have the balance of light and dark depending on the actions of these characters, right? Because, like, that's with with those th- other three things, that's even I would say with Jedi Fallen Order, you have an element of like, if, if how far are you, Matt? I'm finished. You're finished, finished it? Cassie, have you played yeah. it? Are you going to play it? I haven't. I just got home from school. Yeah. I haven't had a game system. Um, very upset about it get into it because it is a great star no, wars story no i've heard it's amazing and it it is a star wars rebels companion piece because there are inquisitors all over it and yeah. it's that same time period it like yeah it, i mean there's a little bit of there's a bit little bit of the Venn diagram of Kane and Jarrus's story and Cal Kestis's story are almost oh, a circle. Well, when they announced this i thought it was <laughs> yeah. going to be a Kane and Jarrus game and i got so excited <laughs> Um, but, uh, that said, I, their, their paths go in such different directions that, that like I'll allow it. It's, it's fine. But, <laughs> but I think with fallen order, some of the plot points in that, which maybe, uh, in the new year, we'll do a, we'll do a fallen order spoiler cast as well. Um, you know, cause, cause once, once the Mandalorian's done and yeah. we've talked rise of Skywalker to death, apparently it's going to be a little while before we get more live action, Star Wars yeah. content. So uh, okay, but we got February. We do, but that's a Rebel Cells thing. That's not faster, more intense. Oh, right? okay. okay. Got to remember what show we're on, right? Ooh, okay. <laughs> Keeping that for ourselves. Thunderquack will always have Star Wars content running, no matter what. But yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, live action stuff, not so much. And and I, like I'll throw the video game in and say that's more live action than it is animated. But um, yeah, I. I, anyways, we'll, we'll talk about Fallen Order at some point, but, um, let's get into, let's get into the the nitty gritty of chapter seven. Um, like I said, everything kind of coming to a head, Matt, you want to, you want to kick us off? You got the notes. Yeah. So, yeah, I do. Uh, so this one's called, uh, chapter seven one's called The Reckoning. This was written by John Favreau and directed for uh, for the second time in the series, Deborah Chow and, uh, give her a shout out because, uh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, her two ahead. her two episodes, both uh, episode three and episode seven, chapter three and chapter seven, I should say, so that we don't get confused. Um, I it clicked for me this last week why, um, why it's chapters and not episodes. Why they specifically went like oh chapter one, chapter two, chapter three, um, and it's so that we don't con- like when we're talking about it with shorthand, we don't confuse it with the movies. Um, uh. <laughs> but yeah, so chapter chapter three and chapter seven, both directed by Deborah Chow. And I mean, like, I really, really like Sanctuary. I like the content of that episode. But in terms of, like, I think broader appeal and and obviously the larger story of this season, uh, chapter three and chapter seven crush it, right? And mm-hmm, yeah. Deborah Chow directing every single episode, <laughs> every episode of the Kenobi series. So I I think it's... I think it's safe to say the hype train has left the station on that one and it's barreling down the track because she's going to do awesome stuff. 
with that. There's no way. There's no way she's not gonna just just destroy with Kenobi. Uh, you got Ewan McGregor, and now yeah. now we know this this known quantity of Deborah Chow um, in terms of like her her relation to Star Wars. Um, I think we're good to go, man. I I think that show's gonna yeah. be awesome. Um, was yeah. Go you ahead. know what's funny too is uh, is is watching her on the red carpet for the rise of Skywalker. Mm. She was there with, and Dave Filoni was kind of there with her. And she had, she was looking at Dave Filoni and, and you could tell there's this really close. Um, I don't know. I don't know how to say it, but it just looked like they were close and she worked so close with, and she talked about how Dave Filoni was there and Favreau mm. was there right by her side the whole time. Cause she, she can go, Hey Dave, what do you think of this? And is this going to work? So I, I, I'm a, I, I, Obviously, they do that with all the directors, but it was just neat to see her kind of look to him and go, yeah, this is like my guide right here. You know, he's guiding me through this thing and, and I'm setting up shots, but this is a guy that I look to for questions. And so I thought that was kind of cool. And you're right, man. The hype for her has been well, uh, well deserved. So really excited to see what she does with uh, Kenobi. So um, you want to you want to get into it, Mike? Uh, yeah. So, so this episode, like, so the last episode – it kind of ends with the the Mandalorian kind of double crossing the the other mercenaries and and you see the X wings come in and blow up or what we think blow up and he takes off. So this episode opens up with the Mando on the Razor Crest. Uh, he's you know blasting off to wherever he's off to. And we'll get to that in a second here. But uh, Griff Carga comes up as a hologram and he has a proposition uh, for the Mandalorian. Uh, obviously, the client is locking down. Like he, he says, this, he, he says the client is kind of tying down the guild at this point. And and Griff has this thing like, "Hey, you come and help me get rid of the client, and you'll get back in the good graces of the of the um, the guild." And you got to bring the child, and you got to do all the setup. But he's kind of luring back in back in to help him with the client, right? And get, to get rid of the client. And he's basically saying, Griff Carg is saying, "Hey." You know the guild; they're not going to stop hunting you. So, mm. to, to to get around that, you come and help us, and then we can kind of let you know bygones be bygones. So that's kind of how this episode opens up, Mike. You got any thoughts on uh, the beginning and, and the setup with Grief Carter? Yeah, I I immediately at the start I thought, oh, like he's looking at the the. I thought this was going to be kind of a follow up to last week's episode. Um, mm. that, that maybe he was going to like play back the message and see that, um, that zero had sent it out to, <clears throat> to others or something like that to kind of, um, uh, force him into, into making another move. But then I was very surprised when it was just, it was grief saying like, let's settle this, come back home. Like, what like, yeah. you know, like it's the, uh, uh, in the Western motif, this is sort of the the um the moment where you know like the 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 stranger or whoever is being told just just bring back the thing that you took yeah and we'll call it all even right mm-hmm. like just enough enough is enough too many lives lost this is too expensive just bring it back bygones are bygones like let's let everybody go their separate ways sort of thing um mm-hmm. And and yeah, like the like sort of the twists of like like let's uh, let's let's you know there's like the I don't even know how many crosses there are in this episode, right? It's like a double, triple, <laughs> quadruple cross at a That's certain true, point. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then 
Moff Gideon comes in to just overturn the entire apple cart entirely. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean like, uh, just sort of setting up that obviously these last two episodes are gonna, they're gonna finish out this, this, uh, uh, storyline with the child and, uh, and maybe not necessarily return the return us to the status quo, but definitely get the Mandalorian back into a place where he's not on the run the entire time. Um, or at least he won't think he is. Um, the other part of it, like this episode. So we got a, we got a lot of closure in this episode. We like, like not closure, but like sort of tying all of the loose story threads back together into one story to go into the finale. And, um, as much as they did a lot in this one, like there are quite a few characters that, that make a return and, and we're kind of, we're kind of barreling into, into the finale. And, and, uh, and obviously like we, I think we've seen almost everything from the trailers at this point. There might only be a couple of shots and scenes sort of outstanding. Um, but there are still a few loose threads out there. And yeah. that mysterious uh, character <laughs> with the uh, with the 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 spurs, um, not yeah. Moff Gideon, because Moff Gideon did not make a sound when he was hopping down from his Tie Fighter at the end and walking towards. So, um, so I think it's safe to say that that's somebody else. I think it's safe to say it's one of two characters. It is either Cad Bane or Boba Fett. If it's anybody oh. else, if it's anybody else. Dave Filoni didn't have anything to do with the choice, the decision, but, mm, yeah. but if I hope it's one of those two and I don't want to throw any shade at Daniel Logan, but I sure hope that if it is Boba Fett, that it's Tamara Morrison. Um, and that, that it's literally just a reveal at the end of this, of the, the season that he has gathered a bunch of bounty hunters together and is coming for the Mando. Um, yeah. And uh, for whatever reason, and we'll learn that in season two. Um, I don't remember if I said this last week. I think I might have with Jason. But uh, uh, it seems like The Mandalorian season two is the next thing that we're getting from Disney+. Plus. I think, I that, think so. Yeah. That's the next live action Star Wars that we're getting. Because they are already <laughs> shooting season mm-hmm. two. They haven't started Cassian. As far as we know, they, don't, they haven't even written that show yet. Yeah. Um, like it seemed like back when they they announced Alan Tudyk was returning as K two, that that was even a piece of information that they didn't have when they announced the series uh, with Diego Luna. So um, they seem to still be kind of figuring out what that one's going to be. Um, and but Kenobi, the scripts are already in the can, and they start shooting I think in February or March. Mm-hmm. So um, I, it's going to be That's Mandalorian. Same. Yeah, it's I think it's going to be Mandalorian and then Kenobi. And what we'll end up with is a release schedule of the Mandalorian sometime in the fall. Um, mm. And then Kenobi in in spring or maybe late winter of of uh, uh, 2021. So, um, yeah, like those seem like they're the next two things. And in the in the meantime, we'll have a whole bunch of Marvel stuff to keep us happy. But I uh, I resistance is going to end. I uh, uh, Mandalorian's going to be over. The Rise of Skywalker has come out. Um, we're we're heading we're heading for a little bit of a blackout period, I think. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, well, one that we've been in for a while and are just now, you know, in our little space of time where yeah. we're getting to go down the hill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I guess we've got Clone Wars in February to keep us tie- uh, ha- happy and, and tied it over as well. But um, 
Wouldn't it be great if in the summer they were like, just because you guys are waiting on so many things, here's Star Wars Detours. Uh, it's one season. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about That'd it. Awesome. It doesn't, yeah. It's not going to go anywhere, but enjoy. Um, That'd be awesome. Yeah, you know, you said you're talking about setting up Boba Fett or Cad Bane. At this point, Mike, I think the chatter is, and everybody's been talking about it so much that if it is, it does turn out to be just a, just a random bounty hunter, it's probably going to disappoint a lot of people. Yeah. Um, so you know, I, my fingers are still crossed. But this particular um, this particular opening kind of ends, and we get a shot of Baby Yoda. He's kind of still sleeping in there. They just want to remind you, Baby Yoda's there and sleeping. Cass, I have to ask you before we go on to the next scene. You said you weren't necessarily a fan of, of Baby Yoda. Anything in particular? Yeah. Or just, so yeah, I think ahead. I think that it totally wrapped up a little bit. I I started liking him a little bit more in this episode. Okay. I think a lot of it was just because everybody else likes him, and I don't really see. You know, I know that he's trying to get they they're trying to keep him from the empire. We don't know why, which is something that's important, but I think that like having a little bit more of that information would have been important. And so for me, it was part of me wanting, you know, a storyline to end the Mandalorian arc that I've, has been going through for so long, which I, we're not going to get, um, unless, you know, through flashbacks. But so like me kind of having to mourn the fact that this is going to be like a Mandalorian story and more, you know, this bounty hunter story, um, me kind of mourning that a little bit, um, which I know sounds dumb, um, but I, I'm, I'm warming up to him. It's just a little bit of like, oh, okay, that's where we're going with this, which I wasn't just, anticipating. So you just want more of what we're going to do with this, this baby Yoda, like more of his story than, and obviously they're slow playing this thing. They're going to make this thing last yeah. until two seasons, I yeah. imagine. Yeah. It's uh, like, no, I, I, I it's that. kind of taken away from getting to be, you know, with the Mandalorian and it's more, what's, what are we doing with baby Yoda? Um, yeah, I know. They're and definitely so it's kind of like it. getting used to the idea of that being the story. Cause I think none of none of us, none of us thought that they were going to come in here and be like, there you go, baby Yoda. That's really what this is about, which I mean, it's not, but it definitely takes away from the story that I was anticipating us getting with the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, so no, getting it. used to that has taken a little while. And I think after this episode, I finally was like, okay, well, we get some, some cool Imperial dudes in here. So I guess I'm okay with it. All right. Starting to warm up to it. There we go. Yeah. Uh, so, so Mike, we returned, uh, as, a, as this thing continues, we return to Mando. He returns to Sorgon, uh, and he is catching up with, uh, Cara Dune and she happens to be, uh, right in the middle of this, uh, this fight with a Zabrak and they're tethered at the waist. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know what to call this. It's some kind of, a like, I don't even know how to how to describe it, but they're tethered at the waist, and it seems to me, uh, basically, whoever taps the waist and kind of lets the tether go is is the loser, yep. which this Zabrak uh, kind of does at the end. Cara Dune just kicks his butt. Uh, Cassie, she's what, choking I, him out with the thing, which was she, great. yeah, she chokes him out, and then he finally kind of he kind of hits it like, okay, I give up. Uh, Cassie, what's your thoughts on uh, Cara Dune in, in this in this series? I, I know she's been getting a lot of praise. For I really uh, her like acting. her. You like her? Yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I, I think that's uh, it's an interesting character, and it's I I loved you know her line say like I can't just get on a on a public ship you know 
I may have been a Republic fighter, but I've got, you know, I've done too many bad things since then. Um, and so that's interesting to me is like, okay, well, yeah, what happened to the people in the rebellion after it was over? Um, which is interesting to see with her character. I also just, you know, think she's, uh, don't want to curse, but she's a badass. Sure. And, um, I don't know. I, I like her character. I, I don't think we've seen enough of her. So I was glad to see her back in this episode. Yeah, definitely. Mike, what do you think of, uh, of Cara Dune coming back in? And basically, it's, you know, here's a Mandalorian going to someone that I think one of the few people that he can trust mm. is Cara Dune, right? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I, I don't think that I've made any any sort of bones about it. I love this character. Um, mm. I think that, that Cara Dune adds... This this extra level of complexity to the conversation about rebels, that um, about the rebel alliance that that we got into a lot actually when we were when we were right in the midst of I think season three of Star Wars Rebels, which was this conversation of like the Empire sees them as terrorists, right? These insurgents, mm-hmm. um, and. Uh, they see themselves as as righteous heroes, but like, how does the the general public see them? Because it can go in, it can go either way, right? And Rogue One definitely played into that. Um, but Rogue One showed us like the real extremist side of like, okay, Saw Gerrera, like they're willing to do anything. We didn't actually really get to see anything in Rogue One to that extent. Uh, like, we didn't see them do anything more than we would expect a, a standard rebel to do. Mm-hmm. But she's more along the lines of like a Cassian than she is a, a Luke or a Leia, where uh, she's she, she she does her job, um, yeah. and uh, and and she takes pride in that job, and that's why she left the Republic and all that sort of stuff, right? Um, <clears throat> and, but she's a soldier through and through, and so there's this there's a there's a kindred spirit in in Kara that that matches with the Mando because they both they're both uh just trying to make their way in in the galaxy um and survive with the skills that they have but um and that puts them into some shadier than uh than than they would like situations I think um because they they both have these very strict moral uh, guides that they follow like this this moral compass so they are both heroes despite despite the fact that they may or may not have uh, uh, done some stuff that they that they shouldn't right um, like they may have crossed some lines I mean the Mandalorian we've seen him cross some lines already but oh, yeah. but we also see him returning back to that. Um, back to that honorable, man, true Mandalorian path um, in the last episode, right? In in, mm-hmm. in chapter six. So, um, yeah. So, like I said, I think that they're kindred spirits. I think that they've got this connection, um, and they're they're trying to uh, like. Uh, there's like a, there's an element where where I think Kara is trying to figure out like is he for real and and say, and vice versa sort of thing, but I. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the day, 
he, he gives her the 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 enticement of like you get to kill some imps so and she's yeah. like i'm in i i it's great there was an episode of rick and morty recently that was about putting together a heist team and there's oh a, gosh there's a reference there's a bit of a meme that's been going around and and it was funny because no one could have known that these two things were going to be side by side right uh like like released within a week or two of each other um <laughs> So it was just like this perfect little, uh, this perfect little thing. Um, I, I, I'm not going to repeat the meme because it, it's, it's a little bit adult, but, uh, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's funny because it's been going around a little bit. If you know what I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about. So I hadn't even thought about putting that meme in this episode together, but yeah, that's perfect. (laughs) Hey, well, we'd also know that, uh, you know, Rex and his, and his crew, they like to, kind of go after and it's always fun for them to go after in the Clone Wars go after the imps you know or the you know the separatists and all that kind of thing too so um, obviously Cara Dune Cara Dune she accepts the offer and uh, so they're traveling back to uh, Navarro and we get this kind of cute little scene with with uh, you know baby Yoda as he drops down kind of watching uh, the Mandalorian and Cara Dune kind of talk and then it's just one of those scenes where you just, it's just funny, you know, you just, you can't help it. Like, Oh my gosh, how cute is that? You know, he, his head drops down mm-hmm. and then he goes up to the front and he starts messing with the controls and, uh, you know, they have to run up and, and kind of corral him and get him back into his thing. So this cantankerous little, uh, Yoda, Mike, I mean, come on, how, how can you not love that? Right. It, he, he just endears himself more and more every episode I find. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously he's, he's worn through Cassie's armor. And uh, and and worked his way into her heart. So he's starting. Uh, he's getting there. <laughs> yeah. No one can so, resist it. I think that's the thing. Is that that uh, I think that there are people who are like I don't really know or no that thing's too cute for Star Wars, which is a ridiculous thing to assert because Star Wars is always <laughs> adorable. I will um, say I love the Porgs the moment I saw them. There so you go. it's it's not merely no, the no, I factor. Um, <laughs> but I'm just saying like there's all sorts of people out there who who have said um, you know one way or another that that they would have liked the story to focus in a different direction or um, uh, most of what I've heard in the negative about about Baby Yoda is like if you're gonna tell this story, get back to it. Like what's the point? Because um, those episodes in the middle, those three episodes in the middle. I think kind of threw people a bit, but yeah, because um, it because it took us in a different direction. But it took us all in a different direction to bring us right back to where we are now, right? Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had to get to that. We had to get a sense of the fact that he's he's on the run. If you just told us, right? If you if you skipped through uh, uh, four, five, and six, and just came right from three to seven, you'd be like, okay, so he's been on the run. Like, show, don't tell. Um, so they showed, uh, and some people were like, Oh, when are they going to get back to that storyline? And it's like, well, there's a reason why they're not getting back to that storyline right away. Um, and honestly, like, I don't even think that we've sort of seen every moment. Uh, actually I would, I'll say, I'm guarantee that we haven't seen every moment of what happened between, uh, chapters three and chapter seven. Um, oh, and I can't. What was it? I remember looking at something in this episode and thinking, "Oh, oh, okay." So when we see, um, what's his name, uh, Quills, you know, um, him building, him building, rebuilding the uh, IG Eleven unit and yeah. training it. I think that was 
that montage in there was merely in there to show us like how much time's actually gone yeah. on during this yeah. series. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. That's a perfect example. So yeah, like we'll just let's connect those dots really quick. So um, he messes with the controls. So Kara's like, we need somebody to watch him. You can't just right. we can't just leave him. Um, yeah. So so the Mandalorian's like, I got an idea. So we go back to to the planet that uh, that what's that planet called? Do you know, Matt? You know, I was just trying to think of it because I know there is. A I'm name on for Wikipedia it. right now. It is Arvala Seven. Arvala Seven. There you go. Yeah. All right. Other Tatooine. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. And uh, and and we we pick up Quill and uh, and and Quill. Uh, it, he's he's repurposed IG Eleven, um, and IG Eleven just busts in to give him tea, and the Mandalorian's like ready to Whoa. just destroy this thing. But uh, but it's been reprogrammed. Um, basically, I I mean, I, first of all, I would like to say that I called it. Um, mm-hmm. We wouldn't have made such a big deal about the core processor or whatever they called it um, in the first episode if it wasn't like if we weren't going to bring that character back in some fashion. So uh, I expected that whoever that the 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 Spurs is I thought that that character would have recovered IG-11 and would be bringing it back and using it to track down the Mandalorian but uh, I was I was pleasantly surprised to see that he's actually been turned to our side uh and I uh, that we uh, know that we know sure I uh, <laughs> uh, and I uh, oh I believe he will be the Deus Ex Machina in chapter 8 to help us um yeah, I so. uh, yeah. get out of the situation that we're in but um yeah, I, I love it. I love that um, we've got this uh, this this almost true neutral character with Quill who um, he goes in, he recovers this droid, he repairs it, and uh, because he sees a, a use for it, it still it can still serve a purpose, and he helps it um, learn itself, and actually kind of gives it independence, which ties into his story which we learn a great deal more about in this episode because we have to yeah um yeah. about about the fact that he was an indentured servant uh, uh to the empire um against his will and i uh, i so i think that, that that context gives us a clue as to why he does this for ig11 because droids are obviously also um indentured servants right mm-hmm. so yeah, he uh, he 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 does he does what he does, and he 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 trains it back up and teaches it uh, to 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 be of use again. And in doing, it develops a personality. It learns, and yeah. uh, and so now it's actually it's actually uh, seems somewhat innocent. Um, but Cassie, you're a hundred percent right that one of the main things for showing us that montage is to show us that a, uh, a quilt didn't just beep, boop, beep, reprogram it with a computer, but that like, that's not how droids work, right? Droids are, are sentient, um, but with limitations, right? Like with mm-hmm. not limitations, but restrictions, I should say. Um, and so, uh, uh, he's 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 brought it back online, and it has relearned itself. Um, but it, it's relearned itself with a different purpose. And I think when we see it at first, um, feeding the 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 blurg, 
and uh, and it it just spills the slop, and the and the blurg it just kind of like yeah is bummed. <laughs> And then we come back <laughs> later in the montage, and he does it properly. There's and 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 Quill teaches it the compassion of like don't kill the frog, right? And it it thinks about it. It it recognizes life and uh, and and preserves it. And uh, yeah, like all that stuff kind of just uh, I think I think uh, uh, it's all setting up. I think something heroic in the next chapter. That's well, that's my guess. One of the things that Quill also says is that, you know, he, talking about the montage and him learning stuff, he also says um, he's not a hunter, but he will protect. Hmm. So I don't know if he's, you know, like you said, Mike, could be setting up something. Because I thought that, too, like at the end. like Absolutely. oh who's So and another thing, too, that um, was going on in the scene, they go back and get Quill, is they also talk about, uh, again, we'll talk about the child or baby Yoda. Um, Quill says something about he was not engineered. Uh, so that kind of tells me that subtly they're saying that this is not a clone. This is an original. And, and not that I thought he was a clone, but I think this further uh, re- reinforces the fact that this is not a clone. Because they kind of talk about, where, you know, what is he? Where did he come from? That kind of thing. And, and Quill mm-hmm. kind of knows these things. So I just wanted to point that out, too. So um, uh, so they leave. They get Quill. He decides, yeah, I'll go ahead and I'll, I'll watch the kid while you guys do your thing. And as they're traveling, Mike, Baby Yoda, he uh, – as as Cardoon and the Mandalorian are playing, doing a little arm wrestling there, he, wow, uses the force on Cardoon and force chokes her, and he even has like a mean look. And and the first thought I had was, well, he's just protecting the Mandalorian. Now he's imprinted. The Mandalorian is imprinted on Baby Yoda already. You know, trying to save, uh, trying to save the Mandalorian. Any, any thoughts on that? Is that where we're going here? Yeah, I yeah. Some people I think are are taking this in the wrong context and trying to to go like oh this thing might actually be evil and i'm like no that's not it it's um it's young and it's innocent at this point as far as we know we don't have any Mm -hmm. evidence to the contrary um what we are seeing here is that it has the child has has decided that the mandalorian is it's responsibility and vice versa right like in in the mandalorian showing it kindness um it has it has made the decision that that it also protects him um, right and we've seen that in a couple of instances right uh, i i think ultimately this this creature is altruistic um and 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 not neutral but more towards the the side of the light but um I think that the point of this was just to show that it is still naive. It's not, it's not, it's intelligent in the sense that it's sentient and it has the capacity um, because obviously it is the same species as Yoda. It is not a clone. Um, It's its own being, but that it's, it is, although it's 50 years old from a maturity standpoint, it is a child and it doesn't understand the difference between a fight and arm wrestling. Um, and that's where, that's kind of where we're, we're at with that character right now. So we just want to see like, you know, that it's a, it is a, a, it is kind of dangerous. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's basically it. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I wouldn't think that either. Cassie, what do you think? 
Oh, it, no, it just shocked me. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh, wow, that's okay, cool. Um, <laughs> I did <laughs> not expect that to happen. Um, and I think if I were the Mandalorian, you know, I would I would have got smart about this whole, uh, yeah, this kid can do some, like, crazy things. Maybe I should figure that out a little bit more. But, of course, he, he doesn't know where to go with that. He doesn't know what's going on. But uh, definitely was shocking. And I'm not surprised that Kara got really upset. Um, yeah. Well, it's funny. Yeah. Like, I Also, the Quill, he, he talks about it. Right after this happens, he goes... You know, I've heard about this thing. So obviously he's talking about the force and even, and Cara Dune asked him like, when, you know, how, when did you hear this? When you worked for the empire? And he says he was, well, this is where you're going to Mike when he was sold to the empire as an indentured servant. Um, but I was wondering like how, I don't understand like Cara Dune was a shock trooper. Um, she had to have been around Jedi, right? Why would she wouldn't know what the force is? Like what was going on? I was kind of confused by that. You got any thoughts on that? I don't. I don't think that that the conversation about the Jedi is something that everybody is privy to, um, mm. and and I think it's one thing for the for someone out in the galaxy to have heard the tales, but it's another thing to see it firsthand. Um, and uh, and like so. Okay. So at, even at its height, the Jedi Order was ten thousand ish, um, in a galaxy of billions trillions mm. actually i think i think is the number um mm-hmm. that's like grains of sand right like that's like ten thousand grains of sand on a beach um it, it, the not everybody has one-to-one experience with the jedi that's why it was so easy for palpatine to wipe them from the memory of the galaxy right and to 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 change things um any character that does have knowledge of the Jedi, there's always sort of an explanation for why they do. Um, mm. And and so, yeah, like, we don't really, like, uh, uh, Quill kind of understands a little bit, but obviously Kara doesn't. And, uh, yeah, so I, it's, it's, I think it's just a matter of, of faith and a matter of, um, of experience. I. Uh, yeah. And, and yeah, she just doesn't have either she's of those. Yeah. 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 I just thought it was interesting to be in a shock to read. I, I think you just get so focused in on like the saga stuff and you think, man, who doesn't, who wouldn't know about what the Jedi are and what the force is. But again, this is, you know, with the time frame of this and being in a shock trooper, I guess she, she might not know uh, who these are, or what's going on. So um, yeah. So we get, uh, after that happens, uh, like you said, Mike, we get some exposition on 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 Quill and how he worked uh, for the Empire for what do you say three lifetimes? I think he said Is three. Right? Yeah, three human lifetimes. So yeah, Ug- so, Ugnaughts yeah. apparently live a long time. Yeah. So he's uh, like you said, he's been he's lived a long time. He's seen a lot of things. He's like Chewbacca he kinda, aged. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. And and earned from what I understand, he earned his freedom basically right yeah. is that what you got yeah so um but uh they continue on from here we land on the outskirts of navarro and griff is there meeting him and three of his bounty hunters are with them and uh kind of this little not not, not a standoff but kind of like hey these are my people uh these are your people uh, what are we going to do here so they have this kind of this talk and then they decide okay we're all going of course 
you know, uh, the baby stays with, uh, with, with, with Quill at this time. But, uh, I want to get to the campfire scene. Hmm. Um, the first thing I thought of when these, uh, creatures attacked, my first guess was Gundarks, but they're not Gundarks. They were, uh, something else. No, Um, Gundarks don't fly. Gundarks, I thought they did. No, Gundarks no. are big, big uh, ape things with big ears. Remember on the Clone Wars, they're they're on that that asteroid or whatever, and and Anakin. I remember and the big ones. Yeah. yeah, I just for some reason I always thought they flew, but no, I thought they were trying to tie something in, but totally something totally different. Um, this this campfire scene, um, this was the big thing, and this is what I asked you, Mike, uh, before. The Rise of Skywalker. I kept I heard a couple of people talking about, hey, watch this episode before the, yeah. the uh, Rise of Skywalker, and I couldn't figure out until this scene, and, or until watching the Rise of Skywalker. Like, yeah. oh, okay, I got you now. But this is this is crazy, right? I mean, this yeah. is some new Force powers that we haven't seen before. Well, Yoda be, be careful not to grip. spoil Rise of Skywalker too much. Uh, oh yeah, this is true, huh? Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I yeah I, yeah. Grief grief gets himself uh, ripped up by one of these pterodactyl things. Yeah, uh, and uh, and we finally get to see, we finally get to see the um, the the sort of payoff of uh, from the second episode when yes when the the child is trying to heal um, the Mandalorian and uh, I. Obviously, we know that the child has force powers. We've seen that a couple of times now, but uh, but we get to see him do the force healing, which we've never seen before. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah, big deal, big big deal. So this this is something that has been in uh, comics and novels. In fact, there are there's a whole series of novel novels about Luminara and Barris, and they're basically like Jedi medics because they have both have this this talent for force healing. Um, but, uh, it's obviously never been Canon and, and all of that stuff is legends now. So, uh, so this is the first time that we've ever actually gotten to see this. Uh, but, I, I, how surprised were you guys? (laughs) Sorry. When that scene happened, cause it just kind of came out of nowhere. It did. Yeah. I know it was a shock, a total great, uh, scene with some action, uh, blasters. You know these. I can't remember the name of the creatures, but uh, a lot of action, a lot of fighting, and then yeah. it ends with this, you know, crazy scene with Yoda. And I was just like, "What? This is, you know, we're we're breaking new ground here as far mm-hmm. as force ability." And I was, I was, I, I loved it. Cassie, what do you think? I mean, this is this has got to be helping you out with your Yoda stuff, right, baby Yoda? Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, the scene itself, yeah, it definitely caught me off guard. But I think as soon as I saw um, Grief with the little laceration on his arm and I saw Yoda in the back, or baby Yoda in the background, I was kind of like, oh, I know where this is going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I didn't think about it until I watched the episode after I I came back from the Rise of Skywalker. Um, and I was like, oh, and I put two and two together. Um but yeah, like I'm kind of sitting there watching it for the first time, and then you know some like big dragon thing comes out of the sky. I'm like, ah, yeah. you know, it's kind of it was it was a shocking scene, and I and I I like how they keep peppering in little bits of 
uh, the child being able to use the force and different force abilities mm-hmm. that he has, which at his, um, not age, I guess, but at his uh, maturity level is kind of insane. Um, yeah. yeah, but I was was an interesting scene, and I liked it. Yeah, like you said, it's. I mean, this this child is only uh, we're guessing around fifty. I guess they they say he's uh, so to to be to have this power now at this young of an age. Uh, yeah, this is crazy. I loved it though, man. I thought that oh man, this is great. This is bringing more more stuff into why this child is so sought after. Like we'll get to here in a few minutes with um, with Moff Gideon, but uh, Mike, we got. Uh, we just out the side, uh, just outside the city. Um, Griff turns and uh, he shoots <laughs> two of the remaining. One of the bounty hunters gets uh, eaten up by one of these dragon things. Mm. Uh, he shoots the two remaining bounty hunters, and this is kind of one of those great scenes where um, his plan. He says his plan was to kill uh, to kill the Mandalorian and, and Kara and take the kid. But after he sees what you know the the child did, totally changes his mind about mm-hmm. what's going on to help the men. Interesting scene, huh? Yes, very interesting. Um, so, yeah, this is difficult to talk about because there is a lot that I actually want to say about that fact. Um, mm. But but I don't want to spoil anything from Rise of Skywalker. So, yeah, um, right. well, I'm, I'm actually going to leave it. We actually have uh, uh, something from in the mailbag. And when we get there, we'll talk about this in, in depth. Um, okay. But uh, I'll give the full spoiler warning. Let's get through the rest of the episode first, and then we'll do okay. it for the for the last thing before we close out. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, yeah. yeah let, let's let's just let's just go right past it. So yeah, Nat, he's <laughs> he's turned sides. He's a good guy now. He's he's a good guy now. Yeah, yeah. He, he has a plan. He has a plan uh, that basically involves you know kind of almost like the plan that that Luke had with Chewie mm-hmm. in, on the Death Star. Kind of like hey, you know lock me up and bring me in and I'll basically take care of, uh, take care of the client. Um, uh, and then, so we, we get that scene, they kind of decide on what they're going to do is so they're walking in. Um, how cool is it to see some of the biker scouts is chilling out there? You know, it looked like at one point, one of them was like smoking or something like some smoke came out of the helmet or maybe that was just, it's cold out there. I don't know. It's just cool to see the, the biker scouts out there and stormtroopers. but mm-hmm. we get to one of my favorite characters, uh, in this series so far, um, the return of Werner Herzog as the client, Mike, and wow, this dude just—I just love this. This guy just chews up scenery in this show. Unfortunately, uh, I think this is going to be the last time we see him, but we'll get to that in a second here. But yeah, um, uh, they kind of they they meet the client and. Um, I, I kind of like what he says too about the. They talk about the empire rule here for a second, Mike, and he says, uh, "What is going on now is death and chaos." And he's ta- and the client was talking about what's going on after the fall of the empire, and is it better? It's, it's kind of an interesting con- uh, conversation they have about is it better now that the empire's gone? Because, like he says, death and chaos has been going on the last few years. I, did you catch uh, catch on that, Mike? Watching it the first time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, I like this because again, this is something that's giving us more sort of context for the larger galaxy. But yeah, uh, uh, yeah this idea that that after the revolution is it any is it actually any better? Um, yeah, <clears throat> and he's kind of asserting like, no, it's not. But this is this is one of those 
this is like this is one of those Nazi things, right? It's what, what the 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 famous saying of of like, well, the trains ran on time, yeah, right, and in Nazi Germany, and it's like, sure, but uh, uh, they were also killing Alderanians left and right, so. Uh, you know, uh, I actually, it's funny cause I was, I was reading through the rise of Skywalker visual guide. This isn't a spoiler for the movie, but there's a character who, uh, it, it describes that character is background character, like not an actual character, just an extra from the background, uh, in the resistance base. And it gives his name. And then it says like, Oh, this so-and-so is of Alderanian heritage. Although he's too young to have ever stepped foot on Alderanian soil. And I was like, wow, that is that is such an interesting thing, and good job, uh, uh, Pablo, for including this in the, in the visual dictionary. Um, that is such a great analogy for like to really give. Um, we know that that the 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 empire are Nazis, right? Like it's it's right there, and then the first order takes it even further with red banners with with uh, emblems on them and stuff like that. Like they are meant to be space Nazis; they always have been. Mm-hmm. But they're called stormtroopers, and that's a that that is a Nazi German term is stormtrooper, uh, and I I that analogy has always been kind of especially in the EU, it's been more of like a, oh they anything that's non-human, right? Um, uh, like the EU did a really good job of being like yeah the emperor was all about purity, but it was really kind of like behind the scenes and that's why the scene with the bounty hunters on the the bridge of the or not the bridge whatever maybe bridge command deck whatever of the the super star destroyer and empire is so interesting because everybody's sort of looking at these bounty hunters and the the guys like oh bounty hunters we don't need their scum and they're all as far as we can tell non-human right um uh dengar looks human ish maybe boba fett's human but everybody else is is something weird right um Mm -hmm. and the idea there being that 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 they have this this purity thing but then reading that little that little tidbit i was like oh there's like a there's like a a like alderaan like it was a it was an act of genocide like they 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 murdered an entire culture and civilization um and so descendants of alderanians in the time of uh in this time of the mandalorian as well as uh in in uh, the uh, age of resistance i they're they're going to to actually be very similar to like a like a modern person of of Jewish heritage. It's like, oh yeah, I have family that were affected by the Holocaust, right? Or one way or another. And it's like, oh yeah, uh, I'm of Alderanian heritage. I just, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah. So it's like, you're kind of, if you look at these two things side by side, like, like history and real life. And then, and then I, 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 the, 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 this, this allegory in star Wars for the Nazis, and Nazi Germany and, and, and what I think it's really interesting that it's Werner Herzog delivering these lines because it is very much like an apology for the atrocities, right? It's like, it was safer as long as you didn't want freedom, right? Mm-hmm. Like as long as you weren't interested in being able to lead the kind of life that you wanted to lead. So if you were happy and content to just go to work every day at a job 
like with no future and and um, toil away in obscurity and that sort of thing, then it was fine. But if you ever considered the fact that you didn't have freedom, uh, it actually wasn't great. It wasn't it wasn't wonderful. It wasn't peace. Um, and we see in Solo, it like like Mimban was being like that was there was a that was an act, yeah. act of genocide that was occurring and han is like uh actually we're the invaders like we're we're the hostiles um it's their planet right and i i yeah so i just i don't know this is one of those things that i love about the more star wars we get the more it fleshes out the reality of this um and and when it's something gritty like like the mandalorian it really drives it home so i thought that was really I I thought that whole conversation was fantastic. I wish that some of it hadn't been sort of spoiled in in teasers and trailers and stuff. But um, but yeah, it yeah. was a good one. I mean, Ver, every scene with Werner Herzog has been great. Um, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, can have you a libation? You know, yeah. Is the world yeah. more peaceful since the revolution? Yeah. So yeah, he's so good. But yeah. So so this thing was set up by um, to begin before they go in here. Mando says, "Hey, Quill, take the baby. Go do take him to the ship." Mm-hmm. Uh, lock it down if you have to and then as they're talking uh, uh, the, the client wants to see the child before they can do that luckily he gets a call or gets you know the, the message that uh, Moff Gideon wants to chat with him and this is where kind of things hit uh, high gear Mike this final I don't know eight or nine minutes is just go and just craziness uh Moff, we obviously we get Moff Gideon makes his first appearance. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Death Troopers open fire, Mike, on on this whole. They just it doesn't matter who they you know friendly fire. It doesn't matter. They open fire, killing the client and almost everybody else in there. Just a, a crazy scene, and and everybody's been talking about Moff Gideon's Tie Fighter that comes and lands and folds. Oh wow, how uh, fantastic! Oh. Love that. What do you think, Cassie? Well, my dad turned to me and he was like, is that how TIE Fighters land? And I was like, no, that's not how they typically land. That's how that one lands. Um, That was crazy. And I didn't expect that to happen. And I think it further goes into the fact that like, okay, the Empire still like got a lot of people and they're still going strong. And it's not just this small contingent here on Navarro, because obviously, you know, the client, he's just a pawn to them. Um, and he's just there to, you know, talk, but he's expendable. And, you know, we see the big guns come in and, and, you know, they're obviously done with this waiting for the child thing. Um, and they've just come to take themselves, you know, without dealing with the middleman. Um, and so that was like a powerful moment, I think, cause it was like, oh, okay. So it's not just these people. Like we still have like a problem with these heavily, um, armed Imperials um, who are just going to come in and do whatever they want, um, and of course Giancarlo <laughs> like didn't say a thing or did I don't remember did he say anything? Yes, but he did. Yeah, still so, just impeccable, just walking in and just you know he plays a great villain. So just seeing you know Moff Gideon and that just powerful presence walking in uh, yeah. was definitely an, an insane and powerful ending to this episode. Mike, I, you know, that mm-hmm. actually we talk about that ship that came from uh, the Force Awakens, some art that uh, was done. But but uh, so here, what Gideon said was and I had to go back and 
and look at it and go, what's going on here? So what he says is you may want when 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 the client is talking to Gideon, he's saying, yeah, the baby's right here. He goes, uh, you may want to uh, you may want to look again. So uh, I think what's going on is uh, correct me if I'm wrong, that, you know, he's flying in that TIE fighter and maybe he sees um, Quill running off with the child. And that's why he just starts firing on him. He goes, you, you know, you're not doing your job, so I'm going to take care of you and whoever else is in there. I don't know. You have any other any other reasoning behind um, him just blasting without maybe obviously he knows the child's not in there. I, I think I think we've got a couple of things going on here. I think that that he has some knowledge of of the fact that that Quill has has the child because he's got the speeder bikes, yeah, heading out for it, right? Like exactly to where the Razor Crest is. Um, the other part of this is that um, these Imperials that we see show up at the end, they are true Imperials. Right, uh, Gideon's got this this spanking new TIE fighter that we've never seen before that can do this folding wing maneuver thing to land, um, which is totally new. Uh, and their armor is just pristine. Clean, all yeah. of them, <laughs> all of these stormtroopers just have pristine armor. Every other stormtrooper we've seen so far has been busted, missing pieces, dirty as heck. Um, so I... And then, and then the client himself, uh, looking more like a baron than a than a than an imperial, right? With his right. free collar and his big medallion and whatnot. Um, so, I, like, I read him as uh, as a bit of an imperial warlord. Um, and Gideon is a moth. He's a he's a true imperial. Like, he hasn't wavered from the the old way, as opposed to to the client who is much more. Um, you know, seizing power, doing what it takes to survive, um, being underground. And I think that, that Gideon doesn't respect that. And in fact, uh, is, is much more interested in wiping this guy out and taking the rest of his troops and re outfitting them with proper attire and, and, and making them into a, a real fighting force. Um, so I think what we're seeing is two things. We're seeing he wants that child, that's part one. And part two is like, this is a bit of a coup. He's coming in and he's like, your resources are my resources now. This planet is my planet. Um, so I think I think those two things are happening there. Um, yeah, and I, I think we'll get I mean, we'll get clarity on in the next episode, I think. But yeah. um, he'll no doubt have some sort of a monologue. You don't. You don't cast Giancarlo Esposito without <laughs> no. having a monologue yeah. that's got to get delivered. Um, that yeah. is his thing. So, uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I think we have that to look forward to in the final yeah. episode. Yeah, you know, he's he's fantastic. I mean, he just he, he, you just look at him and he just he has this presence, um, especially being a quote unquote bad guy. He just he just has a, especially the look they gave him. You know, they get him all black. He's got a cape and everything. He just and the way he talks and the death uh, troopers. And, just and roll, he got death troopers standing right death behind troopers, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and he even says he goes, "Hey, this 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 child, it means more to me than you'll ever know." And what happens is, um, you know, the these the the biker scouts were on the same frequency, and they hear the Mando talking to Quill, and they go after him. And I'll tell you what, man, what a what a fantastic, exhilarating, you know, pulse pounding scene watching. 
uh, Quill trying to outrun, you know, these these speeder bikes that are bearing down on him. And I love the way that they shot this thing. Uh, at one point, you see uh, like a vantage point of looking towards Quill as he's coming, and you see the ramp going down. He's like, oh, he's going to make it. He's going to make it. And then all of a sudden, you know, we get kind of towards the end here. Um, you see the baby on the ground. Uh, there's a child on the ground. You see a, a speeder bike swoop it up, and then it pans back to the comm link and uh, a downed uh, blurg with uh, with Quill on the side. Now, we don't know if Quill is dead yet. Um, I don't know. I, fa- I found that pretty definitive. He, he, yeah. He, his, his eyes were open. His mouth was open. I think he's That's yeah. a dead Ugnaught. Yeah, he, he did. think so? Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know if maybe they shot the blurg and he just, you know, he took a tumble and he's knocked out or something. But my I, first instinct was, oh, they killed him. But then now I hear everybody else going, well, did he really kill him? I don't know. So we'll I see. think it was really important that that we get so many mentions of I'm out of this life. I'm done. I did my service. <laughs> I paid my dues. Um, and then the Mandalorian being like, I need you on this one, pulling yeah. him in, convincing him that this is the right thing to do. And then and then Quill paying the ultimate price for that. Um, yeah, uh, I also think it was really important. His his days were numbered when he went from that Ugnot, like I have spoken to, I have a name. It's Quill. Yeah, and yeah. it was like, oh, buddy, yeah. you're not making it out of this season. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, and 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 I think it puts our characters in peril. And so we're we're now going into the finale, going like, oof. Yeah, you know, like how are they going to make it out? The other thing is that we need a motivation for IG Eleven, um, and in the absence of protecting Quill, it's going to want to protect the child. I think, and yeah. uh, we're going to see it <coughs> go wild in the next episode, um, and uh, and based on what we've seen it do in the past, I think that's going to be how. How the Mandalorian gets out of the the, the sticky wicket, yeah. Well, yeah, and I think yeah, he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna grow as a character and have a bit of an arc with all that droid stuff. Um, he hates battle droids. He hates he hates assassin droids, all that stuff. But mm-hmm. he's gonna learn that not all droids are bad. Some droids are good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. This thing certainly ended up droids on are a huge, good nor bad. on a huge cliffhanger. Um, you know, you got you got the Mandalorian and Cara Dune bunkered down. Um, you know, Gideon's outside. Uh, the Imperials have the have the child. It's it's setting up for this uh, obviously crazy showdown. And again, we talked about that mysterious character that we saw. Um, kind of look over Ming Na Wen's character uh, a couple episodes ago. Yeah. Is that going to pay off? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, it could be one of those where. It's the finale, like one of the final shots is we might find out who this character actually is. I'm hoping, fingers crossed for that. But this thing, uh, Chapter 8, is setting up for a major, uh, major uh, little uh, action stuff you know, to pay off this whole Gideon thing. I can't wait for that. It was some of the stuff we saw in the trailer, which looks fantastic. So, um, yeah, I totally, totally can't wait for Friday to see how this thing uh, ends up. Cassie, what do you think about uh, coming up this, in this next episode? Are you looking forward to that? Uh, I am. I haven't thought too much about it because I'm going to be out of the country when it comes out, so oh, I won't wow. get I won't get to uh, enjoy it as everybody mm-hmm. else does. Um, 
but I'm excited to see, you know, how they get out of this. If they Mm. do, I'm excited to know, uh, hopefully find out, you know, more about what this Imperial contingent wants with, uh, baby yoda although i think i have a bit of an idea as i think everybody else does um which hopefully that will be answered within this next episode i just yeah how how the heck they're gonna get out of this one you know yeah yeah um i need to say to everybody a pretty tight shot yeah (laughs) spot everybody in in earshot of this podcast for the love of god if you haven't seen rise of skywalker you have to watch it before you listen to our next episode um, which there will be two weekends there, so I think we'll be in safe territory. If you haven't watched Rise of Skywalker by that point, yeah, that's kind of on you. And, and I think two weeks is the typical, yeah. Yeah, because next week we are going to need to discuss a lot of this stuff, and we're going to need to talk about it in relation to Rise of Skywalker because there is some stuff that ties directly in, I think. Um, yeah. 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 So that's I think it. They, they put these all out together on purpose. Yeah. Yeah, that's uh, that's how this episode finishes up. Um, another solid episode, uh, just yep. fantastic. So, um, you you mentioned some uh, some people had some thoughts on this episode, Mike. So yeah, here let me let me uh, let me bring up the Twitter because uh, I think we got a couple of notes on Twitter, and then I think we might have one on Facebook as well. Um, here we go. Uh, Kessel Runner eighty uh, seven Joshua says. Uh, in response to our tweet, our tweet was, uh, the Mandalorian is closing in on the season finale. What did you think of the penultimate episode? And Joshua says, loved it. Can't wait for the finale. Reminds me of watching Game of Thrones and not knowing what's going to happen. Uh, and then uh, uh, Wanna Pineapple, uh, Dan Walsh, uh, at Wanna Pineapple, uh, says, one of the most tense episodes of television as it progressed. The buildup at the end was incredible. Um I think we can yeah. agree with both of those. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. And then let me bring up the, uh, the, the I think it's a Facebook post. It better be a Facebook post, otherwise I'm wasting time. Um, <laughs> but, uh, uh, oh, man, so many button clicks to get in here. Facebook, you got to do better about, about <laughs> us being able to, to get into comments and stuff. Um, okay. Is this the one? Uh Yes. Okay. So here we go. This is going to be spoilers for Rise of Skywalker. We are going to talk about some Rise of Skywalker plot points. If you have not seen Rise of Skywalker at this point, do not listen to this. I don't care if you think you're okay with spoilers. Do not listen to this. Stop. The episode's done. After this, we're just going to wrap it up because Matt and I got to do a spoiler cast for that. So, like, we're done. Uh, Okay. With that. You're safe now if, if you don't care about spoilers or if you've already seen the movie. Here we go. Uh, John Morales posted, very intense, really well done. It was great how all these relationships that have been established throughout the season culminated in this ragtag but capable crew. And who knew Ugnaughts could be so patient, wise, and profound? Uh, Moff Gideon's entrance was absolutely chilling. Of course, the child showing off all sorts of force powers was both adorable and terrifying. And we see that being force healed can not only physically heal, but can cause a profound change in the person affected. This may become important in the future. Just saying. Hmm. Ultimately, though, who can sleep at all this week knowing that the child is not in good hands right now? Yeah, uh, you did us dirty, Disney Plus. Uh, uh, we gotta wait. Who is gonna enjoy Christmas? Christmas is stressful enough as it is. All right, but now, like, not only like. 
people are going to be sitting at Christmas dinner on Wednesday and their families are going to be arguing about Trump versus any other sane, logical option. Uh, and, and, and Star Wars fans are going to be sitting in the, over in the corner going, I hope the child is okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, uh, it's, re- it's crazy that they, that they, that they did this over Christmas, but it is what it is. Um, we'll all be fine. I'm sure. Cause Friday, I mean, let's be honest Thursday night at midnight. Uh, yeah, true. <laughs> for some yeah, yeah, we're yeah. gonna have we're gonna have that answer. But uh, let's talk about the rise of Skywalker connection here. Force healing, not as straightforward as the Mandalorian makes it out to be. Um, when we see Baby Yoda doing his thing, <coughs> it obviously takes something out of him. <coughs> He's uh, he 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 passes out as we've seen him do previously when he uses the Force, but. Um, from the rise of Skywalker, we know that that healing is not just healing. It's a transfer of essence of, of one being's force into another being. Um, and, and it can be used to heal. And in one instance, it can be used to bring someone back to life. Mm. Um, and the implication here, not on its own, but in conjunction with Rise of Skywalker, is that when the child or Ray use their force ability to heal someone who is not necessarily aligned with them, a little bit of, because uh, obviously this is a light side power, a little bit of that light breaks in, it breaks through. Um, I, it's it's part of the equation in Rise of Skywalker. It is not the full equation because that discounts Leia's sacrifice. Um, but I do think that Ray healing Kylo Ren absolutely influences his turn back to the light side. Um, oh yeah, and sure. and with that context, retroactively, because obviously I watched The Mandalorian before I saw Rise. Um, retroactively, yes, grief comes out of that experience a different character. And at first I just thought that maybe this was a weird performance thing. But then upon reading that comment and seeing a couple other people talk about this online, I was like, no, (laughs) this is the force. The force is uh, softening their hearts. I, I, to, to, to borrow a term from uh, Judeo Christian uh, uh, theology. Uh, it it's absolutely affecting these characters and breaking down uh, the the hold that the dark side has on them, um, and allowing yeah. them to then make the next step and do the right thing. So not to discount, it's not mind control, it's not a Jedi mind trick, but what it is is it's 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 giving the light a, a chance. It's a spark, right? That catches fire and then and then they and then then uh, can can result in great change. Grief is a neutral character, I think, who's doing bad things. So a little bit of light gets in and shows him the error of his ways. And and, and, and I think along with the fact that it is the child that does save him, because um, he was going to die. There was poison as well, right? So yeah, the poison was going to kill yeah. him. Yeah. Um, so it, it saved his life. So I think that he owes a debt and he sees that. And that would that would hold true with his his previous moral compass, but then you add that into the 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 equation of him getting a little bit of this altruism 
infused into him, um, and he becomes a hero, uh, and and he's willing to sacrifice himself and do the right thing in order to to protect the child. So I I, I it's sort of like bad begets bad, good begets good, sort of thing. I, I, I a, a good act uh, creates a good act, and and so on and so forth. Right. So. Yeah, I, I, I on the on the rise of Skywalker side, I think there's a lot more there. I mean, I think Ben wants to change. That's the conflict, is that right. Kylo Ren is in control, but Ben wants to force his way through, and Rey and Leia together, <clears throat> they they break through that armor and uh, do something that that Han and Luke couldn't do. Um, mm. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, no, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. No, um, I think I obviously I saw this before the rise of Skywalker. So seeing that new force power was like, whoa, this is <clears throat> kind of game changer here. Yeah. And it did affect Griff. Uh, and I didn't understand it until watching, like you said, Mike, until you watch the rise of Skywalker and you see what's going on. And it even happened with um, Ray when she sets that power up with the snake yeah. uh, on Pasana as the snake kind of like you hear it go like it makes this little kind of cute noise about like almost like a thank you kind of thing and and it kind of slithers away um never to bother them so yeah i think you're right that that force power is is doing something not only physically but also somehow through the force it's kind of like you said getting into the heart somehow and it's really set up really good and then it pays off when we see uh her do it with with kylo so Woo, man, some crazy stuff, man. Uh, it's it's really cool. Cassie, I'm sorry. I, I, I should ask, what uh, yeah, any thoughts on uh, this crazy force power? No, I, I hadn't even thought about the whole, you know, imbuing them with a little bit of the light type of thing until you just said that. Um, but that makes perfect sense, especially looking back at, you know, the movie and in this. Um, and I think it, if I had watched The Mandalorian and had not watched uh, The Rise of Skywalker, I, I you know... I, like I said, like I didn't, I didn't think about this. I just thought, oh, he realized that the kid is good and he wants to help the kid. But no, um, oh, that totally makes sense. And I think it's interesting how they were able to do that in, you know, both the Mandalorian and the Rise of Skywalker, and have it work out, you know, how it did. And you know, I'm glad that they been putting this episode out a few days early. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it makes a lot more sense now. Um, yeah, I sure. figured it was just, it was just a getting people to watch it type of thing. You know, if it comes out the same day, you know, that people won't watch it, whatever, but no, this totally makes sense. And, um, no, that's interesting. I, I'm wondering, you know, at the end when obviously Ben brings Ray completely back, what kind of things were being, uh, what, what kind of force feelings were being brought in there? Because I think that, at that point, she still might have been a little bit dark, and he still might have had a little bit in there. So I'm wondering, you know, how where she ended up on that spectrum by the end of the movie, um, if you guys have any input there. I think it's probably, based off your theory, probably, you know, all light, but um, I, I'm not entirely sure about that. I So this is the thing, and, and I think this is a really important thing, uh, just to talk about Star Wars in general and the light and the dark. Um and and I think that Luke's story in the Last Jedi is is the best example of this. It is a constant struggle. It doesn't um, just because she makes all of the right choices towards the end of Rise of Skywalker and 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 does heroic things doesn't necessarily mean that 
she will never encounter a scenario again mm-hmm. that that will challenge her. Um. So yeah, it, it, I think that where she's at, like I think I think because she breaks through that armor and 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 then the memory of Han Solo comes in and says, you know, no, Kylo Ren is dead. Is dead. My son Ben is alive and he throws the lightsaber that's the moment when and then the next time that we see him he's running in with the the baggy crew neck and the blaster um looking <laughs> Went to the space gap yeah um and when when uh, not to get too much into rise because we're going to talk about it on the actual spoiler cast but when he makes that leap and he hits that chain and he looks at the camera basically and goes ow, ow. like doesn't get more han solo than that like that's so <laughs> han solo indiana jones like so great yeah um we're so blessed with the sequel trilogy to have three han solos in 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 the sequel trilogy um, four, if you count the actual Han Solo in the first movie, because you got you got mm-hmm. Han, you got Poe, you got Finn, and you got Kylo Ren. <laughs> but um, and maybe even Ray to a certain degree. But um, yeah, I yeah. So I I think that at that point, it, like when when Ben reasserts himself and is redeemed, that Ben Solo is is firmly in the light. Um, in mm-hmm. those moments, so when when that transfer goes back and forth, they're just they're just affirming each other of like we're good guys now. Yeah, um, man. But that this is the last thing I'll say, and then we're gonna wrap it up because we're gonna talk about Rise in a second. But uh, that shot with the two of them with the lightsabers, where they both kind of square oh. up to fight him side by side. First viewing, awesome. I was like, oh, neat. Second viewing, after I'd had a couple of days to process it and knew it was coming. It gave me all kinds of chills where I was like, there it is, Anakin mm. and Obi-Wan side by side yeah. again. Um, oh. uh, what what could have been Luke and Leia at one point in time? Like just, uh, I, yeah, uh, Ezra and Kanan, like, like just that. They make this big deal about the two of them being a dyad in the force, but but I think that there's, if like, it's, the Sith have the rule of two, and the Jedi have this this legacy of master and apprentice. And I think that there is an important aspect of the Force and the Jedi and Sith in particular of the of of the 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 two being stronger than than the sum of their parts, right? Um, and and we see that in the end, and it's so good. It's so so good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I there's a little tease for you because because we're gonna we're gonna get into our spoiler cast in a second. Um, I yeah we're there's gonna be so much more to say next week uh, in uh, chapter eight and to wrap up um, oh, yeah. season yeah. one of the Mandalorian. Um, yeah, we don't but, have a... uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just saying that's that's it for the the Mandalorian. Uh, we don't have a title for for chapter eight, but we do know that Taika Waititi is coming in to yep. wrap up this first season. So I'm pretty excited about that. And just the whole, everything that we've gotten in this chapter seven and the cliffhanger looking forward to, uh, to, to Friday and chapter yep. eight and finishing this first season out. So absolutely, I guess that'll do it. Right, Mike. Yeah, that's it for this episode. Uh, thank you guys for listening. We'll, uh, we'll catch you guys next week. Same time for, uh, for our final episode of, uh, the Mandalorian season one for chapter eight. Uh, fast and more intense. Uh, thanks for listening. 
You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Star Wars FMI. If you like what you hear, you can support us in two ways. First, by heading to store.thunderquack.com to pick up some merch, or by heading to patreon.com thunderquack to kick in with your monthly pledge of support. Your pledge gets you early access, exclusive podcasts, and more. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. Faster More Intense is part of the Thunderquack Podcast Network. Head to thunderquack.com for more great podcasts.